Welcome to Striking a Chord, an Ernie Ball podcast. I'm Evan Ball. Today we have the band Drug Church on the show. They were recently in LA playing with Thrice, and I caught up with singer Patrick Kindlin and guitarist Corey Galusha. It's always nice when we can get two band members on the show to get a better glimpse of the inner workings and dynamics within the band. So we get a wide variety of artists on this podcast. If you haven't heard Drug Church, they have a very unique way of bringing together heavy and catchy at the same time. And Patrick, the singer, is a character, definitely a front man. And he's very insightful in his own way. So look out for that. Bands inherently are interesting because they have a certain cast of characters with different personalities, different ideas. And Drug Church is definitely no exception here. So I think that comes through in this episode. All right. In this conversation, we talk about the formation of the band, their name, influences, band dynamics, the art of creating big riffs without being corny, trying to plan your career versus letting it happen more naturally, how having limited abilities can lead to great art, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, Drug Church. Okay, Patrick Kinlan and Corey Galusha, welcome to the podcast. You nailed Galusha. Thanks. That was really good, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's Italian, actually. <laughs> Who knows? I have no idea. Uh, in an alternate universe, you never joined a band, you never came across a microphone or a guitar. Do you ever think what your life might look like? Um, lawyer, work at a probably zoo? Probably not. Probably Definitely. not. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, do we look, yeah, what do we look like? I don't know. I, I, you can might maybe nail this better than us. Uh, we both look like we'd be seasonal workers at a water yeah, park. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, we're working at a water slide world. Yes, uh, uh, Glens yeah. Falls, New York. That's it's not a bad right. life, you know. Yeah. Get a little bronze and do a little landscaping on the side. Hard okay. to prepare for you the know. future. Uh, I'll say that. But yeah, okay. We snowplow in the winter. We yeah, yeah. We, we landscape in the summer. Uh, we listen to terrestrial radio through mm. uh, our truck speakers uh, while we do these things. Uh, we're outside too much to develop melanoma. It's tragedy. Yeah, right. good thing. <laughs> good thing we're in the real world. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back to the beginning. So um, how does Drug Church come into existence? Okay. So uh, everybody in the band, with the exception of me, uh, was playing together. Uh, and they were playing um, sort of, uh, 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 I would say, uh, God damn, what, what, name those. Uh, like Sam I Am, that kind of like emo-ish rock. Yeah. Uh, what is that goddamn band? Last Night on the Mass Pod. Oh, like Get Up Kids. Get Up Kids. I, yeah, yeah. They, they were playing there that sort of shit. And uh, they accidentally wrote songs that didn't sound anything like that. And they said, oh, unless we're going to change our band entirely, I guess that's a n- new band, mm-hmm. these new songs. And then they debated who to, who they wanted to sing, and I somehow got n- nominated for that job. You were, uh, you were low on the list. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, you were yeah, the last person. Yeah, okay, so they asked everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. else, both locally, regionally, and nationally. But you were and, on yeah, the list. And then yeah, arrived somewhere. Yeah. Yes. A list. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> so the auxiliary list, I made the cut, uh, and the idea at first was to almost intentionally be local, uh, do a few shows a year, 
maybe put out something if if compelled. Uh, but then early on, somebody asked us if we wanted no sleep records. Asked us if we want to do a seven inch, and we said, "Yeah, let's avail ourselves to that opportunity." Yeah. And and uh, then, um, not that we're not motivated people, but this band has been easy to keep motivated because there's always been some new offer. So like, it, it, while we had no ambitions to be anything but a local band, you go from seven inch, and then somebody says you know, would you be interested in doing an LP? And you go, yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, sure. And then another one. And then people say, why aren't you on tour? And blah, 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 blah. And so it, it was a, a very, to anybody listening that's young and is starting a band or whatever, my, my advice to you is to have no clue, no plan, and no ambition. And things might work out at least as well as, as it has for us. <laughs> but it, is that a testament to having the right chemistry things happen to to come together with the right right ingredients you know we fight like dogs though <laughs> fight like animals the chemistry is it's an interesting chemistry we're very bad to each other yeah. you know what i mean so i don't know i i, I don't i don't know the answer to that it, it, we do make good music i think so that's uh yeah perhaps okay i want to come back to that actually okay. all right so so normally i don't notice band names at all drug church tends to pop a little more than the average name. So is there any story or, ex- or um, explanation beyond the name? Not a story, but I'd say an anecdote. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm in another band, and, and so I've been touring for a, a while now, and, and when you see a lot of scenes, you see a lot of local bands. And when you see a lot of local bands, you see a lot of bands that have terrible, terrible names, right? And we kept a, a running list of local sounding band names so whenever we would think of a local sounding band name we'd write it like scum hornet you know i mean something that is just like so local that you can never imagine it breaking through in any meaningful way because it's just you know like torch the it's from the like a band generator yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or maybe probably worse but right right right. worse than that like the the uh, the mind of uh somebody who's breathing uh practice space air yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) the whole thing and uh, on that list of terrible band names, terrible, very local-sounding band names, was Drug Church. And uh, when we, our only aspiration was to be a local band, uh, I threw out the name Drug Church as a highly local-sounding band, and yeah. it stuck. Yeah, Really? And everyone, everyone agreed? Almost universally, yeah. I okay. think originally uh, our guitar player Nick had uh, Gravel, as a potential that also name, very local but then it turned out to be already a jade tree band there so we okay just chose drug church, all right so we shouldn't try to picture what it means it's like a church Not that preaches all. about drugs or it's a commentary on churches in general yeah. zero commentary okay. don't think about it just don't think it. no okay. just think oh that sounds yeah, yeah. local you know what I mean? <laughs> oh that's pl- that's playing the local uh uh biker bar or, or roadhouse or you know yeah they're playing yeah. mother's road mother's roadhouse on uh, shaker uh, a colony shaker road in, <laughs> in uh, albany new york very local reference all right so you kind of alluded to this already but i think it's uh, something that's cool about your band is that you can hear these different influences but it doesn't sound disjointed or or forced and maybe it is in the back background, but it, it comes together nicely. You you have your own sound, but I'm wondering in the beginning, did you guys have different visions for the band, or, or did it come together fairly harmoniously? Well, I, I Corey can speak to his end of it, but I think that uh, everybody 
is big fans of what we start started off r- by ripping off, which is uh, kind of the um, Nirvana contemporaries that never did as well. So, so we're, so we're talking about seaweed and, and acts like that that uh, is really genuinely top tier alternative rock that you were kind of only you were kind of only into if you were into skate videos or 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 uh, you were into you were into hardcore but then your friend starts playing something that's a little bit more melodic and then somehow you're at this thing where everybody's wearing chain wallets or whatever it is and we were all fans of that that was sort of the vision and if you listen to our early material it's just it's ripping that off with a very inferior voice like some of those dudes could actually sing and i can't could, i can't but uh, and then as time goes on the only time we f- we argue about music is if uh something sounds corny and then there's a fight over like can it be redeemed or is it corny yeah. but otherwise we're, we're, we're pretty much on the same page with with most most everything okay you're, you're on the same page musically or musically you're, or oh as people we couldn't you come on, from different places but you're okay with everybody's ideas and how they they come together well so i think you just nailed it so uh we got one dude who's like a less than jake super fan uh, we got a couple hardcore kids. Uh, we got a dude that just listens to like that type of music that I don't even know if it's got guitars in it. It's like Paramore, where you're like, is that a real guitar? Is that a fake guitar? I don't know what that is. Like, uh, you, you got an alt dude, and but the the commonality between those is that more driving and aggressive alternative rock that, like I said, was contemporaries with with Nirvana. Yeah. You could say the sub pop sound to some degree, uh, but. Uh, was never never went as big. I have I wrote this quote down cause, just because it stood out. But you, some in some interview said multiple members of the band are fans of that type of post post grunge major label shit rock. Yeah, so they get angry. <laughs> they, yeah. they they get angry when I describe it like that. But that's what it is. Corey like, seems at peace with that. I think he's. I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah but there's some people get defensive. Uh, but so in that giant gold rush. Uh, after grunge, or right around grunge, right, where uh, major labels were signing up anybody with a guitar and a bad haircut and just being like, okay, well, you're, you're alt, you know? Um, some of that was irredeemably bad, but some of it is gold, you know? Like, and, and a lot of it was what we are, which is like kind of, if you rip off the Pixies, but are aggressive and... That's a sound that I think resonates still. I think that yeah. still has some. Uh, uh, there's there's still gas in that tank, which you can't say necessarily for a lot of genres of music or a lot of yeah. genres, uh, subgenres yeah. of rock music. Uh, real quick, uh, an yeah. example for for people that don't know what I'm talking about. We don't sound anything like the Toadies, but if you listen to the Toadies, there's commonalities that will occur to you, which is, oh, I bet some of these members used to be in punk bands. Oh, I bet okay. uh, you know like. This guy can't really sing. Uh, this is driving uh, instead of laid back. Like it doesn't pull back. It drives in places where it's where, like for example, indie like uh, or college rock. So like, if I you know what I made an REM reference the other day, and I realized that makes me like 112. <laughs> but like, okay, let's say uh, Modest Mouse, which only makes me like 90. Uh, if you're where Modest Mouse often pulls back the stuff that we're referring to typically drives through. It, it, it typically uh, put, puts its foot on the gas. So yeah. that's, I think, uh, the, the common trait. Yeah. No. I, again, I think, just to reiterate, I think it's, it seems like a real strength at the end of the day that you guys have these different 
different um, influences. Uh, are you, Patrick? Are you involved in the the music writing process, or do you come cool. in? What is the What does the writing process look like? Is it is sort of vocals as a separate layer? So check this out. Okay. <laughs> So I'm not going to fault Music Press. Continue to write about us, everybody. I appreciate you. However, they always give me songwriter credit. They sometimes call me primary songwriter. So like, I'll see a write-up, and it'll say, Drug Church lyricist songwriter Patrick Kinlan. I don't know how to hold a guitar. I, don't know. I can write little songs on a MIDI keyboard, that make it sound like I got a head injury. They're cute, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. but, but they're, they're not good songs. So to answer your question, this is me clearing up a thing, a common misconception. I can't write for shit. <laughs> so, so typically what happens is they will write, if something is egregiously outside of what I feel comfortable with, I will aggressively tell them no. But otherwise, I don't touch anything. Okay. You, and you we know? just ignore you anyway. On yeah, that. but then, but then, but then I'll try to tank a song. I'll just. I'll so, are you in the room when they're coming up with the music? Depends. Okay. Uh, t- typically, I avoid them for as long as possible. Yeah. Okay. Like for example, on this new record, I will show up at the end of the recording process where drums can't be changed. Uh, likely, ba- well, basically, could still be. But anyway, the, the point is that song- they lock you out until songs will, songs yeah. will yeah. large. They, yeah, they don't. Nobody wants my input because here's my input. I go maybe, maybe during uh, that bridge, you could do like something more. And they'll be like, yeah, that's, no. those aren't notes. That's not. That's uh, what instrument are you even playing? Is that a guitar? Is that a bass? What do you? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and so I'm frustrating to be around because I have ideas, but. It's like a child trying to explain it to you. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. if this part went harder? And they're like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> is it faster? Do you want people to play harder? What does it mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing about the whole writing process is that with him not being in the room when we write these songs, we force ourselves maybe to make it more interesting it, musically. So then because there's no vocals so we're just kind of sitting there like oh this is boring okay. without yeah, yeah. That's a, good a point. lot of things going on so yeah. then when the vocals come in it turns I, out alright <laughs> I had no idea what a pre-chorus was before I joined this band yeah. I've been in band since I was in high school I, I, the, the, when they introduced, yeah. introduced me to that I said what is that part what is that little what, oh yeah that's like your favorite quote how many times does that part happen yeah because we're like what I, uh, so I'm totally unfamiliar with a band that has ADD this bad. Like they don't, they don't recognize it. But this is like the Dillinger Escape Plan of alt, where they're like, where they feel like they have to. Oh, that part was boring. No, it wasn't. It was four measures of a good chorus. Keep it. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, what are you talking about? It's not boring. No. And then they're like, no, no, no. We decided to do a half on the why, no. why, no reason, no so, reason. So they do do that. That's a good yeah. point, actually. They yeah. are writing as though there's no. The, like th- this has to carry without vocals. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which is actually not a best strategy. Yeah. So, to people that are familiar with the the uh, cheer, uh, if my voice sounds passable on that record, and I think it does, that's because uh, the engineer John Markson is a very patient man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I'm not like a I'm much more comfortable barking than than I am attempting to sing. So. Uh, in my own comfort zone, always go more aggressive. I think it's also harder to mess up aggressive. True. It might not be great, 
but it's not going to be terrible. Well, since you, you brought up cheer, and I've read various commentaries that tend to draw a line between cheer and everything that came before it, was there a musical shift, or, or what are people talking about when they say that? So we, when we heard the record, we're like, wow, that sounds good. And we're like, people are going to accuse us of being good on purpose. And, right. and so, so we kind of ran with the narrative that this was our, that was our go-for-it record. But the truth of the matter is, like most things in life, just money and time. We had more money, so we had writing's more t- exactly the same. Oh yeah, striving oh, yeah. for some yeah. different no. objective. Yeah. To be honest, uh, this is me. This is not like defending our DIY integrity because if there's if you guys have a like a briefcase full of money, we can talk about anything. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's fine, but I, I'm. I don't know if they can write anything other than what they're writing. You know, you know, like I don't think that I, I think efforts to change directions yeah. would veer off a cliff very very yeah. quickly you know so no the only honestly the only real difference between this record and, or between cheer and, and previous records is uh, when you have a budget you got more time to sit there and go do i really like that and then a huge difference is vocals but but for uh for vocals in particular it is possible to be too polished for sure but not when you're as low talent as I am. You know what I mean? Like, it's impossible. You can't polish me. So by taking that time, all we made sure we did was get the best possible takes. And as a result, I think that the record benefited a lot. Or at least is easier on people's ears in a way that that I am still comfortable with. So that was a couple of years ago. Is there a new album in the works right now? We... Uh, so this tour ends today, uh, and we start recording in seven days or eight days. Yeah, and we're gonna do like three days of demoing at the end of next week, and then go right into the studio for. A couple so the weeks. songs are written. I wouldn't say all that. Okay, started. You complete them in the studio. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is the process on Cheer as well. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, so I would say that Cheer. The riffs were written before going to the studio, okay. but the songs were not. The songs needed somebody and everybody to say. And we to, had like half of it. Yeah, yeah, but and that's kind of the process here too. Is like everybody has their ideas somewhere, and then we'll just get together and I think the best figure it out. I think but you're confident move. enough at oh. this point that you have the songs in yeah. place to where it's time to get in the studio. Right. Yeah. For sure. Also, I think a thing that is underrated. You get very confident when you're spending somebody else's money and it has to get done. Okay, my, my mother was taught to swim, like so many people of her generation, by being pushed out of a boat. You know what I mean? My, my grandfather rode to the middle of a lake and pushed my mother out of the boat, and that's how she learned to swim. Uh, now, that technically might be abuse. I don't know. But it, it, she learned how to swim very quickly, and that's how I feel about spending other people's money. Yeah. You will, if you, the songs weren't ready... They're going to be ready pretty quickly. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Any different characteristic of this album or a different approach? or uh, Here's my question to you, Corey, because I actually don't know. Heavier or less heavy? I think we discussed trying to get a little heavier. Mm. The song that we put out uh, just before this tour called Bliss Out, which Good. was from the Cheers sessions. Good plug. Was yeah, check it out, Spotify. That song was a little bit heavier. Um, it didn't quite fit the sequencing of cheer, so we left it off conveniently for uh, a, few, a rainy day. A rainy day, and that was the beginning of this tour, and 
gets people excited about new music. So is there a push and pull between the direction you think you should go in versus maybe what uh, you f- people end up resonating with best? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. The things that I would think are going to be the songs, or, I, and I think this is true of most musicians, right? Yeah. The thing that you think... So, okay, phenomenon in every musical outlet I've ever had is the guitarists have no idea what the song that the audience wants to see is. They have no clue. So, yeah. so when we're putting together a set list to play live, these dudes are throwing out songs that the crowd is going to hate us. And I say, what is wrong Is it guitarists specifically? Guitarists want to be entertained the entire time they're playing their instrument. <laughs> you want to play the, whatever is the most fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But you guys also like when people like us. That's true, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so. yeah I was going to say, uh, we've, I've noticed on this tour that, like, Unlicensed Guidance Counselor, pretty simple song. People love it for some reason. Yeah. Um, and it's not any more complicated than, it might be simpler than some of the songs on the record, but I think probably the lyrics are what people like identify with and I know you probably don't like that but people will find anything what what's the Tom in, what what's the Tom Petty motto don't bore us get it to get to the chorus right, right. you know what I mean like exactly. and, and, and and that's what people like like so but a guitarist wants to be entertained the entire time they're playing they spend a lot of time trying to be good at their instruments so like you want not to shred necessarily but you want to entertain yourself the whole so time so do you step back and have band meetings and say look this is what we should oh, do. This seems to be resonating. Nah. No, no, no. It's just it's just texts that are like, "What are you stupid?" Like, right, it, right. It, 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 it's it's just just highly aggressive text. Yeah, I mean the the beginning of a tour, somebody will put together a set list, and it's usually the crowd favorites, and we try to every now and again try to throw in different songs. Yeah, and Pat usually has something to say about why are we playing that one? We should be playing this, and we go back and forth, but. Yeah, I don't know. We're all willing to try. The day before, no, that's not true. Yeah. The day before we yeah. leave a tour, or for a tour, there is typically a big fight because they have put together a set list. They, they, <laughs> my enemies have put to, have put to, have put together a set list, practiced it, and then spring it on me, going, "Oh, I thought we could play this one this tour." And I look at them with cold, dead eyes, and I say. No one wants to hear that. I say, nobody on earth wants to hear that. <laughs> one. No. <laughs> and then we fight a lot. And then, and then so we compromise in that if I can physically remember the lyrics, I will try. You know what I mean? I'll try to sing that song. And I've never tanked one on purpose. I'll be honest. I've never, ever gone out and performed so badly that I never... It's not like the guy washing the dishes and then he leaves the little bit of food on there so that nobody ever asks him to do the dishes again. It's not, it's not quite like that. Yeah. I, I usually try very hard. Sometimes things brick and don't get played Do you guys do again. votes? Just like a, a majority rule thing? No, it's more like a sullen, like, let's yell at each other, and then somebody will be like, somebody will be like I don't know why he's being a dick. You know what I mean? And, and uh, we'll work it out that way. We'll work it out through first overt argumentation and then vibes. You know, just vibing each vibes, other. Vibes, yeah. This is just something I came across. I think it was... From an article you did with Vice. Mm. Okay, we'll, we'll link to it in show notes. I think it was vice.com. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. We'll see if this fits into the podcast. But you were, you were reflecting on a purely original genre, and you said, it's almost never intentional, and when it is, it's quite contrived and stupid. So many things probably are born out of limitations. 
I don't know if that res- if you remember oh, saying that, but no, it, for sure. I, I mean, it, it's I, why I bring it up. I that kind of struck a chord with me. No pun intended. <laughs> I'll, I'll strike that. Yeah, keep it. Keep it. <laughs> trying to get around that one but i thought that was true that was a good observation that that do you remember saying that or does that yeah feel no like I, oh, okay. I, I i believe that I, oh, okay I, a lot of things i just talk out of my ass but i do believe that i i guess where i'm coming from we, we've had some people on the podcast and i've talked to people that are more schooled musically and you know i've thrown that criticism that you know do you lose anything being schooled and it's like no like i'm still you could you can still express yourself you just have more tools more virtuosity to express yourself Mm -hmm. but i think that quote sort of gets at that's sort of the flip side you're you're basically like you're naturally restricted and you come up with something maybe real and original well uh the fight the other day the uh uh fury fury wilder fight so uh everybody admired fury's performance because it was like a boxing master class he he if you listen to the nerds he was uh, he's an excellent boxer who, the, on that night, was a great fighter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Wilder, on the other hand, has one asset. If he doesn't optimize it, he loses. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. but up till this point, he's optimized it because he's work. He's created workarounds for his complete inability as a boxer. He's a fighter, but he's not a boxer. This is all boxing nerd stuff that I've been absorbing for the last two weeks. Yeah. But, uh, but the point is that. Both of those approaches have merit, you know. Like there, there, there's uh, there is something to be said for for virtuosity. I think it really only is, has value when uh, when there's a lot of character to it. I mentioned Rush earlier. Listen, some people don't like Rush. Nobody could accuse it of not having character. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So, so that to me is a band that the virtuosity is just in the service of character, and it's it's great, you know. But if you're just Virtuosity for the sake of it, I'm going to get weird for a second. I had a conversation with a guy at a, at a shoe store the other day who was explaining to me, he's like, oh, you're a musician? I said, yeah. He says, my son's a musician. I said, oh, that's a terrible life. He said, uh, he said he's struggling because nobody is good enough to play with him. And, you know, alarm bells are going off, little red flags are going on. I'm like, we kind of hashed out that his son, I won't say social problems or anything like that. I, it wasn't like that. It was uh, the frustration of being great of being great, like being better than your the better than the best local player that you can find, so that somebody can't keep up with you, and it's an irritating night for you, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you can't keep a band together because uh, you are performing on a bet. Point is, that all sounds like a hell. I think just get together with some dudes that are all decent musicians, play within the uh, the confines of your ability. You know what I mean? And you will, by accident, write good songs. Yeah. So a friend of mine is a, a friend of both of ours is a horrendous guitarist. He's ass. He he's not good at what he does. But, What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> shout out! This is a little. We're pumping him now. But because he's aware of that, he plays within his abilities. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's like, oh, I could have heard like this is very capable songwriting because he's he's limita- he's aware of his limitations and he's he's maximizing what exists within those as opposed to uh, comparing himself to somebody that is greater trying to do that now failing terribly and so basically what I'm trying to say is don't try to achieve anything in this life you know, just stay in your shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't stri- don't strive. Don't work hard. <laughs> just if you suck, just 
be the best at sucking that you can be. Got that, kids? <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and then come back, hear more from Patrick and Corey of Drug Church. Check out the new Ernie Ball Music Man Saber Guitar. Our engineers and design team have put a modern spin on the original Music Man Saber of the late 70s. The Saber Guitar features an Akume body with carved maple top and custom Ernie Ball Music Man humbucking pickups, delivering lively, dynamic sound with striking clarity and sustain. Aesthetically, the Sabre is equally compelling. Its book-matched premium top is adorned with natural binding, which elegantly highlights the raw beauty of the figured maple wood grain. Offered in Cobra, Bougie Burst, Honeysuckle, and Blue Moonstone finish options. Visit music-man.com to learn more. That's music-man.com. So being however many years you guys are into the music life, if you could rewind the clock, is there anything you would do differently, say strategically or whatever? If you could keep your same brain, your, your same knowledge and go back, is there anything you'd do differently? Sure, my finances and some, you know, I'm sure I could have uh, approached my, the practical aspects of life far better, you know? Um, like we, we, there's, there's kids that are, they're our age, but the, the, they're, I think of them as maybe a little bit younger. They made a tiny bit of money in music. They still play and they still do well. But they, but they made a tiny bit of money in music and they immediately invested in stocks and shit and are now making money and I feel dumb as hell. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, really, truly dumb as hell. Because these are dudes that, like, it's so easy to be a lunkhead musician, you know? It's so easy to be uh, just a musician. It, it, the only advice I have for anybody, and again, my, you know, we're not so successful that we should be giving anybody advice, but the, the, the people that I've met who are the most fulfilled and most uh, capable of approaching life are people that are staying busy. And if that means that you're off of tour for two months, well, why aren't you learning lock picking? Why aren't you, uh, you know, well, well, that's a dark one. I don't know. Pick something else. Uh, why aren't you learning uh, uh, something that, uh, I don't know, coding? And I barely even know what coding is. So, so any of that stuff. Um, so I, and I've probably suffered from that. You know what I mean? I've probably suffered from like, okay, I tour again in three months. I'm going to make the focus of my existence planning for that, making sure that everything is good, and then kind of like letting the other parts of my life fall by the wayside in some respect. That's not good. So I'd probably do that different. Yeah. And the, and the other stuff I think is almost impossible to, to uh, if you attempt to dial it in, I think that you fail. So, like, I think that it has to be some level of accident because yeah. the bands that feel super methodical, the bands that feel super planned out, that stuff is working now. Like Lana Del Rey says that she didn't pick her name, that her manager did. And she just says that with no sort of like that's that seems normal to her. Right. And like generationally, that's like that was like that's like an affront to my sensibilities. I'm like, oh, my God, what? why would you ever admit that? But <laughs> but that is now okay and that is now cool and that is now a thing but i think that that level of oversight and planning and strategy to your uh career in an, in an art is really difficult and it's not just really difficult it's often fruitless so yeah. shout out to lana del rey she's doing fine but but i'm saying that it, it's uh, uh i when i run into bands guitar acts that are trying to manage five people and they're strategizing have you ever have you ever uh there's a painting um 
I don't know if it's in uh, Princeton. Might be. It might be in the library in Princeton. Supposedly it's not haunted, but it's jinxed. It's uh, of Shackleton's expedition. Uh, uh, Shackleton's might be whatever. Wherever they got eaten by goddamn polar bears. The name of the painting is uh, "Man Proposes, God Disposes," and it's just like. Yeah, the best laid plans, man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got a plan? Oh, oh, sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, you got a you got a strategy? Uh, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> right. Best of luck. So, I think it's good to have a, a an overview or an outline. But once you start trying to micromanage your, and that's what I'm saying, I couldn't, I wouldn't change much because yeah. I'd have to trip into things anyway. Oh yeah. What do you think, Corey? That makes sense to me. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, all right. All right. I'm the Andy Richter of the uh, yeah. podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, influences. Who are your your both of your in- big influences? Oh well, my answer doesn't satisfy anybody. Uh, uh, I, uh, so this doesn't sound because we don't sound anything like this, and I'm not saying this to be a cool guy in any way. To be honest, I don't know if this band is cool right now. But uh, Echo and the Bunnymen to me are the best chorus writers in the history of guitar music. Uh, and I didn't realize it until kind of far in uh, t- to my musical career. But I was like, oh, am I ripping this dude unintentionally? <laughs> like, because I, I, liked, I liked a lot of that stuff as a kid. But I always thought that I was ri- ripping off like Paul Weller or somebody like that. Like, that's sort of smart-ish. So the jam was like, you know, when you're a kid, you get really into the clash. Some kids start with uh, uh, Sex Pistols. But also, I'm speaking to a generation, by the way. This is, uh, some kid's <laughs> going to write in and be like, I started with asking Alexandra, you know what I mean? Whatever. I loved The Clash. And then I got really hard. And then there was a stop over at Stiff Little Fingers that I loved. But the, the jam for me was like a thing that I listened to for years because it was smarter, maybe a little more granular and less anthemic uh, uh, because it wasn't attempting to be punk. It was attempting to be something else, like a, I don't know, maybe a variation of pub rock in some way. But the, but the, uh, uh, the, the references were more granular. Right, so like uh, highly specific uh, things that felt like you were experiencing them. They weren't about uh, revolution or taking over the world in some sort of way. You know, like the the, the line from uh, Down in the Tube Station, where it's, uh, uh, "Have you got any money? A little money and a takeaway curry. I'm on my way home to my wife." A- a- and uh, that's a highly specific. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, or another example. I think the best example in all of music is uh, uh, the, the uh, Gorilla Biscuits song, where he says. I'm not perfect. I'm just Siv. So he, him, like the, like, like that's insane. Where you reference yourself? yourself that yeah, that yeah. sounds like you're. That's a crazy person singing that song. But 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 that's, but that sort of a, a granular thing is something I always admired, and I thought I was doing it. But then, uh, uh, forget what record, Crocodile or whatever. Whatever I was listening to, the like a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I think I'm ripping off Ian. You know what I mean? I was like, I think I think that's what I've been shooting for this whole time is these choruses that are smart because he's making he's saying a lot about uh, about religion specifically in these pop songs. You know, they're brutally slashing the, the uh, basically the idea of faith uh, apart in these songs that got radio play and nobody thought about it. Nobody was like, this song is a bit uh, it's a bit much. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. thought that about them. That's maybe lyrically, mm-hmm. performance-wise, I'm legitimately trying to do Lou Kohler, Sick of It All, 1996. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. I don't. I've never achieved it, but that's what I'm shooting for. <laughs> it's, it made the biggest impression on me when I was a kid. Yeah. Biggest impression in the world. Uh, for me, 
I honestly, I think I started with Metallica when I was a kid, and somehow I think it got to punk rock and hardcore and Fugazi and all that. I mean, you're a big Soundgarden guy. Loves, oh yeah, love Soundgarden. Um, that was like my first That's, favorite th- band was uh, Soundgarden. Okay, so you went from me- and I still love them today. You went from metal guitar to guys who could clearly play metal but mm-hmm. chose to play alt rock. Right, right, uh, right. And I don't want to jump on your train, but I feel like that. I that's I don't think you're trying to do Soundgarden. No, but, but I think that there's more of that in your DNA currently than Metallica. Oh yeah, there was something about Soundgarden when I was a kid. They had like Black Sabbath riffs with like a Beatles sensibility almost, and I I always liked the um, I don't know that just feels like two totally different bands to put together. You don't necessarily hear that right off the bat, but if you listen to it enough, you can tell, like, you know, Chris Cornell is, he's more the Beatles guy, and the rest of the band is more of the Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, doomy kind of stuff. Um, they do a thing that, that I think we aspire to on some level, which is have big riffs and not be corny. Absolutely. That's yeah. tough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and they threaded that needle mm. pretty expertly. A couple, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. missteps, but but pretty expertly. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. if you gave a kid, not a kid, if you gave a twenty-five-year-old a guitar right now and said, "I want you to channel Led Zeppelin," it would be the worst music you ever heard in your life, mm. right? But Soundgarden, <laughs> mm-hmm. Soundgarden is like small room Zeppelin in some ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's like they did that perfectly. Yeah. Sorry, you got me talking. All right. The answer to this question is probably lots of things, but what inspires your lyrics? Well, that's a good question. So having been in other bands for a long time, um, my lyrics in, in the band that I've been in for years and years are nothing like uh, Drug Church's lyrics. And it seems like that would be impossible that it's not intentional. But it's really just, I think that if you're really listening to the thing that you're singing to, uh, you'll be prompted in different ways. So, it, it, so if I joined a klezmer band tomorrow, I'm sure that the content would not be like drug churches. You know, like if I joined a Rush style band, I, it, it would probably I'd probably want to get more intellectual just because the the music is doing so much. Um, but uh, with drug church, uh, for reasons I guess I don't understand, very early on it became uh, uh, kind of themed about. Um, not doing great. Here's the way I would put it. It's about depressing things, but funny. That's how I would say it. Yeah. Well, that's... Because <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Earnestness takes a certain dude. There's only... There's the dude that can do earnest, you know? Like, he can do the sincerity thing that... The, 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 the thing that people... Like, he can say the corniest chorus... And everybody feels it. But if I did that, people would be like, I think this dude's real corny. You know what I mean? Because they'd sense that I wasn't in my own skin yeah. doing that corny chorus. So uh, it, my vibe, I guess, as maybe as a dude even, but at least certainly within this band, is morbid topics through a lens that I hope we can all laugh at or, or at least see the... Funny in it, you know. So, are you talking like societal criticism? Uh, more, usually, or, or, no. Usually, more specific than that. Uh, so, so, 
this this is kind of a bummer to people that have like uh, you know maybe they grew up in a political punk scene or they think that everything uh, uh, has to have an agenda or, or in yeah, some yeah. ways is important to be propaganda. Uh, I have no desire to engage anybody in an argument about any of the things I'm singing about. Uh, there's uh, to me, I, I don't understand why somebody can't. Um, like Big Black, right? The the band Big Black. Uh, those songs are about morbid topics, and they. But it's not advocacy. There's no position to be held. It's uh, documentary. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, uh, the idea would be uh, analysis, and not uh, not advocacy or or condemnation. You know, uh, here's this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so drawn from maybe people you come across in yeah, your life. Yeah, often, yeah. often, yeah. How do you guys record as a band? Is it is there a process? Drums first. You guys all record live together. It's varied from record to record. Uh, the the, 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 the it has. It's always been the same. No, yeah. J, the Jay Robbins record's different. Oh yeah, that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, generally uh, drums first, guitars, bass, and then vocals always last. What are drums playing to? Uh, we'll do like a scratch track kind of thing sometimes um a lot of times and i'm trying to think of how it was on cheer um i think nick either in the room with chris or like across the glass in the control room kind of playing together yeah just doing doing scratches i yeah. i have no idea if chris is i mean i'm assuming like, he's playing to a click in the studio is he not yeah 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 okay so. um but not like like nick or I wouldn't do a scratch guitar only for him to then play to later. Right. It would be more like quote unquote you're live. Per- you're performing oh, okay. with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. What What are the best parts and worst parts of your job? Worst part. Yes. Just your space in the van. Yeah. This is a big. Bon- your row in B- the van. This is a big bone of contention. I don't want to stir anything up. No, here, it's a big bone of contention. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I uh, I don't think by nature I'm a difficult person, but I I respond. Like a like a true child, to. Uh, and when you at, when you said what would you have done if you didn't find music? Yes, I'm not a violent guy at all. I don't. I can't imagine a circumstance where I'd see myself in prison. But any effort to lecture me or tell me how things are supposed to be, I respond like a like an infant, like mm. a child. So they'll Absolutely. be like they'll be like, hey, could you clean up your garbage? And I'll be like, what's it matter to you? And then we get in a fight because it's my garbage. How were you in school? Were you okay with that? <laughs> I was not a good student. Summer school every year. It was not good. Because um, when I figured out that you could blow off school the entire year and then go to summer school for literally six weeks and still get the same credit towards your t- graduation, yeah. I was like, why yeah. does anybody do Moral anything hazard. in school? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. So at any rate, the uh, that is a bone of contention that we fight about. Uh, I'm deeply inconsiderate when I feel pushed or lectured in any sort of way. So like my space in the van is like an unlivable toxic mess because, because anytime somebody says, Hey, why don't you throw that out? I feel like they're condescending me and I'll be like, why don't I throw you out? (laughs) (laughs) No, we have to secretly throw things away. Like every stop little by little. What kind of stuff? 30 cans of yerba mate by the end. Uh, uh, a lot of glass bottles just flying around the van. A lot of uh, the Coca-Cola glass bottles and the 
yerba, bottle yerba mate. Bottles yeah. of yerba mate. All things that are going to... Whole Foods uh, boxes. Yeah, Whole Foods boxes. And that's not good because they got With food, food in them. Yeah, still that's not probably, good. That's not yeah. good. Listen, I'm not suggesting that any of this is good behavior. Well, let's look on the bright that. side. What's, what's the best part of your job? I still really like... So I, uh, somebody asked about this the other day because we've been out for like five weeks, which is like pretty long... Uh, Bands used to do six weeks regular, but I don't find that very normal at all anymore. Most, most bands are shooting for something less than that. Four weeks is like where a lot of bands tap out. Um, so this is a long one. And after my voice settles in and I feel in control, uh, we could just be out indefinitely because I'm not like a creature comfort guy. So I would say, honestly, like week three of a tour... I'm feeling much better than I am week one. Mm. And I love that feeling of a well-oiled machine that comes from playing every night. And particularly on this one, uh, it's big rooms. And uh, if everybody's doing their job, you can hear yourself. uh, Everything's dialed in so that uh, there's no excuse like if when if we play a pizza parlor in, in Padunk, there's reason why things couldn't be perfect. But if we have crisp sound on a big stage, that's like if you're not doing well, it's it's on you. You know what I mean? And, and I, I I like that. I, I like oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Like uh, okay, go out there and do it well. Moment. Yeah, I think it's fun. I'm gonna just go the generic answer and just say I just love playing a show. Yeah. Like just playing a set, just get being on stage for on these it's like 30 minutes and then you're off. I don't know. That that never gets I've been playing guitar and playing in bands for years and that's just always the funnest part of the day is just just the performance literally. Just Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not too many other fun parts. Let's be no, fair. I there, mean, there's yeah. not too many other fun there, parts there, of the day. Yeah, not really, but um I mean that's kind of why you do it is just for that, you know, yeah. just to play the show, so so apart from, from music, what are your interests? Do you guys have common interests or individual interests? Uh, I write comics. He reads comics. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Perfect. So I don't read any of his. He doesn't read mine. No, that would okay. be a bridge. No, I've read a couple. That would be a bridge too far. But um, <laughs> depending on the members, there's big divides between our like hobbies, interests, et cetera. The commonality is, is uh, everybody in the band has a, a cutting cruel, maladaptive, inconsiderate sense of humor. So so on the level that we can relate to each other best is being really unkind Mm. to each other. That's like the thing that we all... Like middle school humor. Yeah, middle school humor. Like, oh, is this kid a little pudgy? I'm going to make him cry today. Yeah, Yeah, just cutting everybody down (laughs) at all moments of the day. (laughs) On that note... Patrick, Corey, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you very thanks much for, for letting us. us. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Corey, what kind of guitar strings do you play? Ernie Ball. Lately, the Burly Slinkies. Um, used to be just a regular Slinky guy. Um, yeah, I just but started. You grew, you grew a beard. I grew a beard, yeah. yeah. Bur- so burly I got burly. You yeah. got burlies now. Yeah. It happens. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ernie Ball's Striking a Chord podcast. Thanks, Drug Church. They put on a great show that night, by the way. So this was the last interview we recorded prior to the onset of social distancing. So moving forward, we'll switch to remote interviews. Stay tuned.
it's two minutes and it's heavy. And that would that's like a good record for mm. me. Like that's, that, that's it's like two riffs. That's pretty, yeah, two yeah. give me two riffs, two good riffs, memorable riffs, and make it two minutes and heavy enough that I don't embarrass myself. 